Hello, welcome to another episode of The Icarus Idea. Thank you very much for listening to this quite special episode. There are three places in this country where you can study industrial design engineering. And these educational programs are carefully created, of course, such that eventually we, me and all other industrial design students, become a good and valuable industrial designer. Now, what we're going to find out today is what the people that actually make these programs want us to be after we finished it. So what do they intend or expect us to be after finishing an entire study? And what are the differences between the three studies? Um, as always, let us know what you think. Leave a comment, leave a like, subscribe, all the YouTube stuff. But above all, as always, hope you enjoy. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Icarus Idea. Uh, my name is always is Joris, and today I've been left alone by my fellow host Bram, and I've been joined by not one, not two, but three guests today. And since we have a lot to talk about, I'll just introduce them right away. I took some lessons from uh, from Bram, so I hope I do it right. Ena, I would like to introduce you first. After indus studying industrial design at the TU Delft, you went into industry, where you said it yourself, you basically haven't designed anything, but you definitely were a designer. You worked at, let's say, the big boys, such as Unilever, Philips, and now you are innovating and leading the design engineering faculty at the TU Delft, not as program director, but as dean. So, welcome, Ena Vouten. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much, uh, Joris. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I said I did design some things, but maybe not products. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll get to that later, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up is the program director from Eindhoven. Um, and when preparing this discussion with the program director, uh, he basically had only one question for me. Um, that was, how do you want me to interrupt people? Should I raise my hand or do you just want me to go all in? He studied in Delft, but he cheated on his alma mater uh, and is now working on the aesthetics and expressivity of interactive products with programmable material qualities. Something I hope we might get into later as well. And simultaneously, he is graduate and bachelor program director of industrial design in Eindhoven. Miguel Bruns, thank you very much for being here. Thank you, Joris, for the invitation. It's a pleasure. Then the final guest is from the home base of the Icarus idea. I have to be impartial, but I cannot deny my roots. Surprisingly enough, the program director of industrial design engineering in Twente has studied and worked in the field of applied mathematics. He has a respectable 33 years of experience at the University of Twente and um, is since a little over a year supervising the program of industrial design engineering there. So Jan-Willem Polderman, thank you as well for being here. Thank you, Joris, for the invitation. It's my pleasure to be here. Ah, no, it's definitely my pleasure to host all three of you. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all excited. First, for the listener, how this is going to work or how it's hopefully going to work, I'm going to be moderating the whole show, such as these three don't, uh, let's say, hurt each other. And I will throw in a statement or a question, and then we have about, let's say, 10 minutes to discuss it. And then we'll move on to the next one. And hopefully at the end, we have a clear idea 
of what it is that you expect us to be after finishing industrial design. Now, that's a lot of your talk. Let's get into the first statement. I think this is a quite interesting one. There's a stereotype, of course. We are here with Delft, with Eindhoven, with Twente. And there are, of course, stereotypes. In, in my experience, Delft is very broad, very general. Twente is more manufacturing or engineering. And Eindhoven, well, Jan Willem and, and Miguel, we discussed it beforehand as well, is more into the electronics direction. Do you think these stereotypes are true? And does anyone want to start? Certainly not. But <laughs> <laughs> Good. In that case, Miguel, have a go. <laughs> well, of course, I have been around in Delft and it's a long time ago, but uh, I, I will speak for Eindhoven since I've been uh, there for the past 12 years. And indeed, when our department started, uh, electrical engineering uh, was one of the important uh, factors uh, in place. But uh, our department, the mission of our department is to educate students in the design of systems with emerging technologies in a societal context. Uh, so while indeed electronics uh, is an important factor, uh, our program really bridges uh, industrial design with uh, different engineering disciplines and uh, human computer interaction. Uh, so recently, we're very much working in the area as well of artificial intelligence, data science, and uh, some of us are even working in the area of uh, chemical engineering and biomedical engineering. So electrical engineering, there are indeed many electrical engineers in our department, but it's just a part of what we do. Okay. Jan Willem, Ena, what do you think of the, the stereotypes that I just threw at you? Well, uh, Joris... If I may, mm, absolutely. Uh, when you say uh, the UT is mainly about manufacturing, I don't completely recognize that. And especially in the bachelor, the bachelor's program is also very broad, as it should be. And in the master's, we have three different tracks covering also a wide range of um, application fields. And um, if it should be something, then... Um, we, we fit into the uh, slogan of the University of Twente, namely high-tech human touch. So what we do is high-tech, but always um, in the interest of people and society. And uh, yeah, industrial design engineering in Twente is uh, relatively young. It was founded, I think, in 2001 or 2002. It emerged from uh, mechanical engineering just like in Eindhoven, I just learned. And uh, yeah, of course, you can still see that the people from the beginning are from, from, that, uh, from that area. Electronics is not something we are uh, very profound in, certainly not, but uh, mechanical engineering, you, you can go into that direction. Manufacturing plays an important role, but it's not all that we do. In fact, as you explained in the, in the introductory part, my background is in applied mathematics. In fact, my background is in pure mathematics, but that's a long time ago. 
so, so I switched to applied mathematics and then I switched partially at least to industrial design engineering. When I started, I had a pretty naive and quiet ignorant uh, idea of uh, design engineering, industrial design engineering. I thought it was about uh, manufacturing uh, and designing beautiful things that could of course be used like chairs and tables and things that I have in my home. But over the, over the last year that I was a program director, I learned that uh, the application, application field is in, in fact uh, unbounded. And um, yeah, we try to, uh, to, to cover not all these areas, but many of these areas. It's funny that you mentioned the, 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 the prejudice that you had about industrial design. I think this is something that a lot of industrial designers have on their minds as well. If they explain it to, to other people is, oh, uh, the expectation of other people is that it's just making stuff beautiful. Now, I would like to ask like the three of you, you are very experienced either in directing the program or in industrial design itself. Why does the whole world think it's just making stuff beautiful? Well, maybe I may reflect on, the, on on this. I think it is probably because we haven't explained it well enough, what the industrial designers are for. It is where we originated, I think, uh, at least in Delft, product design. Uh, but a product needs to be working well for users and it needs to be fabricated, needs to be made, and it needs to also serve an organization. And I think the skills that have come out of this actually are still flourishing. So this integral thinking uh, in Delft, we think from the people end, the technology end, but also the organizational. How do I how, how do I actually in the end implement an, uh, an innovation in an organization? How do I run the processes? All of these three come together. And in the end, it is, it is a way of working. And uh, in some cases, they call it design thinking in the world, but uh, design thinking is, is uh, often explained as putting a lot of post-its on the wall, uh, but that is not what we do. Yes, maybe we do put post-its on the wall, but that's not the end result. That is, in, in the end, it is about integral thinking. So you do an exploration of the, of the problem you want to solve or the thing you want to improve and solutions, and you do that iteratively. And in the end, you will see that the solution and the, and the problem space are uh, coming together. Uh, in an integral solution, because very often when you want to change something, you cannot serve five solutions. It needs to be one, and mm -hmm. you can learn along. You can learn along the way. Uh, so I think why do they not understand it? Because we have not explained well enough what we are from and what we are doing. I think there is also another reason eh, that that's that in the outside world, design as as a noun has a different connotation. When 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 you talk to somebody who says. Oh, I, I really like design. What they mean then is, in most of the cases, that they like uh, modern furniture or uh, modern lighting, things like that. That is the confusion, I think. I think in, because uh, engineers design. I mean, that's the whole principle of engineering, uh, that they design and create elements, but indeed the connotation may be wrong. I think what is important is that what designers do is that they try to use technology to address societal challenges. And they uh, do this by creating uh, oftentimes artifacts or experiences. And these artifacts or experiences, uh, in, in some cases, if they're at the, let's say, early stages of the design process at the fuzzy front end, 
They take the shapes of prototypes, uh, sometimes speculative prototypes. In order to attract the attention, they need to be made in such a way that people will actually be triggered by them. Uh, so by making them beautiful, as you say, they uh, attract the attention and they get people engaged in the conversation. Uh, so there perhaps there can be a way of, of seeing it as being something beautiful, but the essence is creating something using an emerging technology that tries to address a societal challenge and doing it in a convincing way. And this convincing way can be misinterpreted as being something beautiful. But Miguel, may I ask you something? Sure. <laughs> this is also what electrical engineers do and computer, computer scientists, they also create. Yes. Uh, so what then is so special about industrial design engineers? So in my view and, and in my experience with working with uh, electrical engineers and, and mechanical engineers is that industrial designers uh, have a much better understanding of, as Aina uh, post, put it, the user, the people uh, that will use the technology, as well as the organizations in which the technology needs or the designs need to be incorporated. And while uh, perhaps uh, the more innovation management people are involved more on an organizational perspective, the HTI or psychologists are involved more on a user's level, the designers actually try to connect uh, the three uh, disciplines uh, together uh, through the artifacts that they create. But as an individual, you you cannot cover all these different disciplines eh, that, that you try to combine. So does that mean that as an industrial designer, you are more often than not part of a interdisciplinary team? If I may re react to this, yes, of course, I think industrial designers are always part of an, uh, of an interdisciplinary or maybe even a transdisciplinary team. And I think we need the in-depth knowledge of the real yeah, the scientists that are focusing on a certain technology. We need their depth, but we need to understand the basics of it to be able to have discussions with them on how we can use it or how we can... Uh, maybe adapted uh, to make it more useful to others. So uh, one doesn't exclude the other. Uh, yeah. we, we need each other in the end to develop it. And designers can either come from a technology and see what we can do with it, but they can also come from the people end and say, okay, which technology, or maybe it's not even a technology, can help me solving this problem. And designers in the end should be able to capture both. Um, and when they don't have enough knowledge of, of a technology, they will go and uh, and uh, feed their interest uh, and their curiosity and get to know the basics of it so they can uh, uh, tap into the knowledge, the deeper knowledge that maybe somebody else has. Okay. Um, and then I think... Is, yeah. I'm going to interrupt all of you because I'm, I'm a good moderator and that's what's going to happen now. <laughs> but let's summarize uh, why people think that we only make stuff beautiful. Uh, Aina, you suggest that it might be because we do not explain well enough what we do. And then Jan Willem says, well, maybe the outside world has a different connotation of what design means. And then Miguel, you come in with what I think is quite interesting and maybe relates to both these statements. Um, that the essence of what we think is design, so the user compatibility, the manufacturability, the organizational integration of a product, etc., all that stuff. We, we present that, or the artifact that, that embodies that, um, has to trigger people. And to do that, we make it beautiful, for example. 
And in this way, we create that different connotation. What I find interesting, Miguel, you mentioned uh, that you use technology to do to address societal challenges. Um, Ena, I read on your website on the TU Delft that we are inspired by the societal challenges we have ahead of us. And uh, Jan Willem, you mentioned just now that the, the slogan of the University of Twente is high-tech human touch, which means every technology has to have some kind of human relationship. That sounds very similar to me. I'm going to ask Ena, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but feel free to, <laughs> to interrupt me. Um, what do you think distinguishes Eindhoven and Twente then from Delft? Well, I ask myself whether that is the right question, if I may. I think we are all uh, educating designers and mm -hmm. there are a lot of designers are necessary to come with solutions for the societal challenges that we have. We have slightly different uh, connotations and slightly different focus. But in the end, there's so much to do that I think there is space for everybody. Uh, as said earlier, uh, there's so much we, so many areas where we can help that it doesn't matter when we have uh, slightly different uh, uh, foci uh, within our universities. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we are slightly different. And that is, I think, also beautiful because that gives potential students a better, more choice. Yeah. They find it sometimes difficult to uh, to choose, and therefore maybe we should uh, we should define it at a later stage. But I think whatever we do, there's so much to do. It's all it's all good because mm -hmm. it all is productive. Can I comment on on Ena? Uh, so, in a way, I, I fully agree, and I think that the essence. So there's there's a strong need for designers uh, in in the Netherlands, in Europe, uh, in the world uh, in general. I don't think that we deliver on different promises. Uh, we deliver different types of designers. I, what I always tell prospective students is that the way we approach design and the way that we approach education oftentimes is, is very different. And uh, I think you can also have different ways of learning, just there's, there's different schools and there's different programs. Uh, so the essence may not be in delivering different types of designers, but delivering designers in a different way. And uh, that's what I tell students, look at which educational program suits you best. But that's a different discussion, perhaps. Yeah, but uh, I, I think that is uh, certainly true. And um, are you also referring to, say, the atmosphere? Atmosphere can be a part of it, but I'm, I'm mainly focusing on the, the, the way of learning. But, uh, you know, this is a question that we all we always get at open days. Eh? And that was al al already the case uh, in uh, when I still was uh, program director of applied mathematics. What is the difference between Delft, Eindhoven and Twente? And uh, what I always say is that I can also I can, I can only speak for Twente. And if you want to know how it is in Delft, please go to an open day in Delft eh? and uh, see see for yourself but what we hear back from students is that the atmosphere is really important and uh, when when it comes to differences in atmosphere Twente is the smallest program in uh, when it comes to a number of students I think we have this fantastic campus that uh, many students uh, appreciate but we are not in the Randstad we are not in the in the in the in the, in the big city where everything happens uh, and there are students who appreciate that and there are students who want to be in, in, in a more crowded environment. And then there are probably differences in uh, didactic approach. 
the way we teach, but in the end, yeah, what we deliver is uh, uh, probably very similar. Hmm. So for a prospective student, you would say it doesn't really matter where you go, you're going to end up the same. That, that, that doesn't sound right. Well, that's, that, that was not what I was saying, but I don't know. If... You're following a different route to, uh, to uh, a, a more or less similar location. So, yeah. uh, and you have to find the, the road that suits you best. Some like it more scholarly, the other ones like it more individual. Uh, some like more technology, some like more of the, of the people side to it. And I think all our education gives the possibility to find out what is good for you. Uh, exactly. And I, I fully agree with the fact, go to the open the open days, uh, sense mm-hmm. the atmosphere. Uh, in Delft, we are, of course, sli- yeah, of course, we, we are slightly larger, which gives us uh, certain uh, limits in the things, in the flexibility we can give. But we can give a very broad spectrum of, uh, of content. Yeah, when you like that, that it's maybe good to go to Delft. But if you like more of the expertise that is uh, explained on the open days in Twente, by all means, go there. I think I always say you have to go there what you what you really love and what feels good and what thinks good. So the, the logic as well as the heart have to come together and just go there because you have to work with it for the next 40 years. So find something you really enjoy. And whichever they choose is right as long as it suits them. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If the goal is to develop people, well, if the, if the, the end result is similar, um, and what you just mentioned is that the goal in all three of these educations is to develop yourself as a designer. Um, well, the past two episodes, we talked to uh, Koen van Ham from Lightyear and um, Jelle Chavez, the uh, design strategist at Hyundai. And both were f- quite, let's say, I don't know if passionate is the right word, but they said you you can't really develop yourself fully just with the education. Um, you need to participate in extracurricular curricular activities. I know Kuhn. Kuhn did a wonderful job by participating uh, in the World Solar Challenge. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and I always encourage all my students to engage in extra activities beyond uh, the program uh, itself, uh, whether it is presenting their work at the Dutch Design Week, doing an internship or participating on a student team. I think this really helps them to also understand what the outside world is expecting from them as designers, and they can strengthen their profile uh, by undertaking these activities. I have to say yours, I can't agree more. I mean, there's so many hours in a day, so learn as much as you can. And studying is one part of it. But being part of other teams teaches you other, other things. And, and the more you actually get experienced with, the, yeah, the better you are, the more you grow, I think, as a person. And the more your skills grow. So I, I, I can only agree with that. And whatever it is, find something you like and something to which you have access uh, and, and go out and do it. You're only young once, and then afterwards you can say, I liked it or I didn't, but you learned a lot anyhow. Later in life, it becomes more difficult to spend time on things that actually are not working for you. So try and do as much as possible at an early age to, to find out what you are and what what makes you thrive. I also agree. I Of course, you can, uh, you can also be the type of student that uh, only studies like 50 hours a week or more, and you will become very proficient in your discipline, but uh, you will perhaps also be a bit isolated in uh, in other aspects. 
So extracurricular uh, activities, uh, I, I also encourage them. And I'm also thinking of students who take a board year and they, they more or less stop their studies for a year to be in the board of, in the case of uh, Twente, of uh, Daedalus, for instance. And I think it's uh, extremely useful to do these things. So pointed out quite a few things that you can learn from these extra extracurricular activities. If you, let's say, extrapolate that, you could say that that might be a bit of a, something that is missing from the educational program itself. In all honesty, what do you think are the weaknesses of either each other's programs, that would be, or your own program? Yeah, I, know, I know this is going to be a hard sales pitch, but... Well, I, uh, I, I don't mind actually answering this question. I think uh, in Delft we have a very broad program and we have a lot of choices that you can make. Uh, and there's also quite a bit of, um, how to say that, uh, the courses you can choose yourself, so they're not obligatory. And there, I think it would be good if some of some more students actually would go in depth into a topic instead of uh, taking the course that t takes uh, least effort. Uh, sometimes go for a course that really puts you out of your comfort zone. And there, I think it would be wonderful if we can find ways to, um, yeah, to bring more students to go out of their comfort zone. Okay. What about the honest? Well, I think our students have, have a lot of opportunities. Uh, so actually, from the very first day, they already start choosing uh, the projects that they want to work on, and, and they have electives in their first year. And what we notice is that it's, it's, it's difficult to pave the path and, uh, and, and to understand already from an early stage what it is that they want to achieve. Uh, so uh, the mindset uh, of the student uh, coming from uh, high school is oftentimes like, I need to pass this course. Uh, whereas sometimes you want to shift it. No, you don't want to pass a course. You want to learn something new. And I think we can do a much better job at uh, yeah, bridging this gap from passing a course towards learning to become industrial designers and learning to become the industrial designer that you wish to become uh, and and having making it more understandable what the strengths of uh, the program are in that sense and, and how they can choose uh, their path. That's a very good point, uh, Miguel. If I look at the uh, bachelor's program in Twente and in IDE, but you see it also in other programs, there is a interaction between what students do and what teachers do. And I think students learn from what they do, not from what teachers do. This is a quote, not from myself, by the way. But as a reaction to what Miguel just uh, explained, hey, that students come with the perception that they have to pass courses. As a reaction to that, I see in the curriculum and in the way we execute it, that in my opinion, we do we have a, a little bit too many uh, exams. And if you have too many exams, then as a student, you start to uh, take a, uh, yeah, you, you want to survive. Mm -hmm. I fully agree. And that is something that we are working on to have subjects that are a bit larger, like at least three or four ECs, uh, so that students have more time to digest the material and to learn, indeed, because that's what, what I, I, I just a couple of hours ago, I wrote an email to a student 
who just failed the course with a 5.2 and he tried you know we all know that huh? he tried to get some more points so that he <laughs> passed with a 5.5 um which didn't happen by the way this was a math <laughs> mathematics subject um and uh, i i told him look why don't you focus on extending your knowledge about this subject rather than trying to uh, to get some more points so that you can leave it behind you and have learned not so much i don't know what he will do with that remark but mm. uh so that's something that uh, that could certainly be improved in uh, in our program uh, another point that i wrote down um, uh, anticipating this question is that um, we should incorporate academic skills a little bit better. And by academic skills, I refer to writing skills, presentation skills, collaboration skills, giving and receiving feedback and information um, skills, and perhaps mm. more. And then a last point that I want to, uh, to make about our bachelor program is that we should make serious work of uh, internationalization. We have like 30, 35% international students. International staff is also growing in, uh, in share. Um, but we are still a Dutch program, uh, English taught. Mm. Uh -huh. And you'd like it to be an international program? Well, it doesn't matter what I like to be, but that is a choice that the program made in 2016. Uh -huh. And either we are going to do this or we, we have already made some steps or either we take some further steps yeah or we stay a dutch program english taught no i think it's pretty cool to to hear that actually because there was a lot of controversy about whether it should go to english and definitely in twenty you have this oh, the teachers only speak twanglish which is well not the most flattering form of english you could describe it but I think in like the few years that I've been there now, since it started in fully English, there's been some, because of all this criticism, there's been like huge steps in how, how well that goes, I think. Same goes for, for uh, Eindhoven. Miguel, what you say is that, well, they don't really, we give them a lot of choice, but at this young age, it's very hard to find out what you want. Well past two episodes we just heard that a great way to find out what you want is actually do extracurricular activities and in in as far as i know and i've heard from friends in eindhoven is that and what you see from kun as well is that you are pretty well provided with a lot of student teams so there's an ample opportunity to actually find that out then and thirdly for delft what i know is um, I agree with you, Ana, that it's quite broad. Um, but what I also heard, um, again, from, from Jelle, so last episode, and I heard this more often, is that this broad... It's like there's so many students, which is maybe a disadvantage, but there's so many students that there's also students that have the same interests as you. And what I found special about Delft is that then somehow these students find each other and they become these like groups where they push each other to, hey, what are you doing? No, what am I doing? Oh shit, he's doing something really good. Now I need to do something really good and like push themselves to become better. So 
I think, first of all, thank you for the, the honesty in the, the weaknesses, but I think on all these three examples, it's good to see that you're also like, actively improving on them. So I think that's pretty cool. Well, you, that's the beautiful thing, I think, about industrial design uh, education is that you can improve and design it all the time. And yeah. it, gets, it gets better also all the time. And that's also why I think a lot of our teachers are very enthused uh, and they continue to be enthused because there is no one year the same as the last. Because even when you learn the same, have the same goals for your education, you probably do it on different different topics, different projects. Uh, on which you do design, and that I think is a is a is fascinating for this uh, for this education that it keeps everybody enthused, which uh, yeah I think shows in, at all universities. Can I ask a question to Ana and uh, and Miguel? We are still in a lockdown situation, so a lot of our teaching, if not all, is online. What did we what do what do we learn from the the year behind us? for you know for when we are back to normal if at all well i think so we have quite large amount of students if you do give a lecture uh, that is probably something you can easily do uh, online uh, but working together in teams is a little bit more stressful although also there uh, when they're well organized they come to fantastic results but still they miss this the sort of the this the serendipity the things you you didn't expect the the discussions you that were not programmed uh, online that's what they miss uh, and that stimulates creativity so i think whenever we come back to campus we should give quite a bit of space to uh, yeah for students to meet each other and to stimulate each other's creativity because that is something that was a little bit more difficult the last year. Yeah, I think I, I agree there indeed with uh, Aina. The, 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 the largest difficulty was this learning from each other. Uh, when students are isolated, they rely on their teachers, uh, but they don't rely as much on their peers as they do when they are working in a studio-based environment on campus. But definitely uh, there's an opportunity to particularly knowledge transfer Knowledge transfer can be very easily organized uh, online, uh, but what you do with that knowledge is something that needs to be done on campus. Uh, so I think there's a, an interesting shift in uh, in the educational approaches. I, th I think so too. And Ena mentioned lectures. Eh? I want to investigate if we can go one step further, not doing them online, but not doing them at all. Because more and more I'm, I observe that lectures either in, in a big lecture hall or online, are not very effective when it comes to knowledge transfer. And we have been experiment, experimenting with different, uh, different forms where students were much more active than they would normally be in a lecture, where they can sit back and, and watch the uh, lecturer working. So that's something that... Um, Hopefully we can explore a little bit more. I think you're, you're probably also referring to the mixture of instruction and then playing with the things you learned, etc. So yeah, there I think designers have been pretty creative in just just developing on the spot new ways of, of doing education. Yeah, uh, and getting feedback all the time, also what works and what doesn't work. It's amazing that in that with the technology we have at hand, how much we have been able to achieve. And in the Netherlands, we can be very pleased with the fantastic uh, uh, internet network uh, compared to a lot of the other countries. Certainly. So I think the most important takeaway is that there's some kind of serendipity missing and the learning from each other is missing. 
and at the same time the the necessity for lectures feels like we can do that more effectively online so maybe in the future we could use more of the building space of a university for other things like working together studios type of things or workshops or something like that mm, i do not fully agree. I'm not so much uh, in favor of replacing the uh, lecture, the traditional lectures by online lectures. I think okay. we should search for a completely different approach. Okay. And as I said, we have already been uh, experimenting with that. One of the main disadvantages of uh, online uh, education for large groups is that you don't know whom you're talking to. You don't see them. You have no idea what they're doing. I must admit that sometimes in a big lecture hall, it's 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 also a <laughs> bit like that. You have no idea what they're doing. But uh, yeah, we we even envisioned the situation where maybe the lecturers in the room with say twenty to fifty students, so not that many, uh, and the rest follows the lecture on campus, eh, just through their own computer. And then after the instruction or whatever you call it, yeah. uh, they go and continue with group work. So it becomes a sort of blended uh, approach. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it off here because we're, we're uh, overdue on time. I think we got quite a cool view of some, some strengths, some differences, some weaknesses in the different study programs in the Netherlands, which I'm pretty happy about. I feel like there's a lot of similarity as well. All of these three educational programs make you, they provide you, let's say, with methods and tools to solve societal problems and be this bridge builder to all the expertises that you might need to solve that and to society itself. And I'm pretty glad to see that all of you are working actively on the weaknesses that you admitted on having and if you i think the most one of the most important criteria then remains is the atmosphere in the different universities which can be appealing to any person individually but you're all yeah pretty working pretty hard on allowing students to develop their own path and assist them in that so as a humble student, I can say that I'm very happy with uh, the image that I got from these three educations now. And with that, I would like to thank all three of you very much for your time, for your insights, for your opinions, for the discussion, everything. Listener, you listening, thank you very much for listening. As always, leave a like, leave a comment, subscribe, all the YouTube stuff or the Spotify stuff, wherever you're listening. If you have any questions for us or for uh, educational uh, directors uh, you can send them to us and we'll see if we can discuss them with them yeah with that being said i think that's it thank you very much for your time thank you thank you for thank having you. us and listening in yeah, thank, thank you Aina, and thank you Anna, for your discussion thank you both
Alright, and then don't you? And yeah, chung chung chung. That's the level of editing we're at. Chung chung chung.